0: This is Alicia Free, a badass belly dancer, musician, and real food enthusiast here to help you feel a little lighter. Each show will dive into music that makes us want to dance. We'll share secrets of looking smoking hot in costume and everyday life. We'll dote on delicious whole food that makes us glow. And I'll throw in a damn sexy dance move you can try at home. Ebony Qualls of Washington, D.C. fuses urban dance styles with oriental dance styles and makes the world an even more magical place. If you go to Datura online, you'll see Ebony's lovely face on the homepage right between Rachel Bryce and Zoe Jakes. On Datora Online, Ebony teaches choreographies with whacking and popping and reverb, as well as some killer shimmy plank workout action, which I've been trying, Ebony, and I love it. Oh, yay. (laughs) I've been trying to fuse some shimmy in my plank lately. It takes it to the next level for sure. It does. Ebony also teaches weekly online classes. Her website is ebonyqualls.com. That's E-B-O-N-Y-Q-U-A-L-L-S.com, and it's easy to find her classes there. Ebony's toured with Belly Dance Superstars, Angelina's Belly Dance Evolution, and there are so many things I want to ask Ebony about because she has done so much since she started dancing in 2003. Ebony performs and teaches all over the world, and I am so honored to share this conversation and this fantastic dancer's wisdom with all of you. Ebony, do you have a danceable ritual you want to share?
1: Danceable ritual.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm really grateful
1: to you for inviting me to come and speak with you. This is really cool. Okay. Danceable ritual. It doesn't start off as a danceable ritual, but something that I do every morning when I get in the shower is I always listen to music and what I play is different from day to day. I have a go-to playlist, but it really depends on how I'm feeling. I love hot showers, <laughs> and so I take that opportunity to really get myself aligned with you know, whatever energy I want to connect in my day. So I'll be listening to music in the shower. Sometimes I'll be singing. And then that will inspire me to be thinking about dancing. Like if I'm enjoying certain kinds of music, it just makes me automatically think about movement. You know, and then once I get out of the shower, I get dressed. My whole house has hardwood floors. So it's almost beckoning you to do something about it, (laughs) you know? And I'm like in that mindset and I'm feeling good and I've been listening to music already then usually in the morning, there's going to be some kind of dancing. Like this morning, I came downstairs and I felt like hearing You Make My Dreams Come True by Hall & Oates. So random. And so I just started dancing to that. And then Spotify served up Cool and the Gang, who I usually don't like, but that song, Get Down on It. And I did like a whole dance in the living room impromptu because I was just really feeling the lyrics. One of the main lyrics is like, how are you going to do it if you really don't take a chance? And I was like, exactly. How are you going to do it if you don't even try? So, yeah, my danceable rituals usually happen organically because I start off the day with music.
0: Do you know Carmine Gaida, the Oud? I do. So he's in podcast number 54, and his morning ritual is the same. You start off with music. Yeah. You've already mm. had music in your life first thing in the morning. Sure. Do you just set your phone like right outside the shower, like on the sink, or do you have a setup in your shower that plays music?
1: I have a little waterproof Bluetooth speaker. That is made for the shower and it's just like, yeah, it's not very expensive. It definitely was less than $20 online. My friend first bought me one of those when we were going tubing, but now I always (laughs) have one in the shower (laughs) and I travel with it too. It's like one of the things on my packing list that I have to take with me. I'm going to be getting one of those. It helps a lot. You know how like once you get out of the shower, there's some stuff you're doing in the mirror, like putting on moisturizer or something. Mm -hmm. You can continue to listen to music because you're going to keep thinking of more songs you want to hear once you get started.
0: Right. So. When I have my monthly spa day where I mud mask and do all that stuff, I get in there and I go, "Why didn't I bring a speaker in here? Why didn't I put on a Pema Chodron meditation or something?" Yeah, you know. So if yeah, I have yeah. it built in, I'm going to be more likely to use it. So I'm going to get a shower speaker. Thank you. Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah. Hardwood floors—it just feels like you're in a dance studio, right? Yeah, how can you not do
1: at least a spin or something?
0: I love the videos that you put on different social media of you dancing in different parts of your house, too. It's like, now you're in studio number one, studio number two, studio number three. You can just see that you set it up to be open and you can just Uh move in this space.
1: Yeah, a lot of impromptu dance parties happen in here,
0: either alone or
1: with my partner or back in the day with friends. Like, people would come... (laughs) And people would come over. People would come over. People would be DJing. I got turntables in here. But yeah, I'm still having a good time here. It's just different for a little while, which is fine.
0: Before we started recording, Ebony and I were talking about what we learned in 2020 a little bit and how we went more inside the internal experience. (laughs)
1: Sure. Yeah. You don't have as many people around, you don't have as much activity going on there's more space for you to reflect on what's going on with you.
0: Mm -hmm. And I feel like more freedom to choose what messages are going into my mind too.
1: Yeah. Or even if you think of a work environment that you have to go into every day, that people don't necessarily have to go into every day anymore, but there you didn't necessarily have as much control over what kinds of people you're going to be surrounded by. People who are going to be up in your energy on a daily basis. Now you get to decide who's up in your face on a daily basis. (laughs) Right. (laughs) (laughs) For the most part. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: And even just going out in public, be having a mask, I felt so covered, especially with winter. Mm-hmm. I just felt like even when I'm out, there's almost a layer of protection between my energy and somebody else's energy in a weird way, too. I'm just realizing mm-hmm. this.
1: Yeah, it is. It's good in a lot of ways, but I'm also realizing that it's kind of weird in a lot of ways, too, because <laughs> like in the way that you just realized that, I only recently realized that I used to be a big fan of talking to strangers, just having moments with strangers That's not happening anymore. Right. I don't know what that's doing for us. Right. Maybe in some ways it's good, but I don't know. Sometimes you have these connections with strangers that are sweet. But right now we're feeling like we can't even speak to one another because we have these masks on. I guess that's just something we have to get over and work on. Like you can still speak to each other from 6 feet away.
0: And it's been so different being here in Korea too where everybody's wearing a mask all the time. We were mm-hmm. at the ocean the other day. There's families that came together standing out on the ocean with nobody near them at all taking pictures of each other with their masks on. Wow. You know, what I mean? they're just so used to it. So here I feel like I actually can get close to people. I get in taxis. You know, I ask people for directions. Like I get right up, you know, I go to restaurants and people stand right there and wait. And then people sitting right next to me in a restaurant that I don't know. It's so interesting with the masks. I think in America, you know, some people are thinking of it really as a restriction of freedom. But with everybody wearing the mask, there's just this whole different kind of freedom. Mm. It's been Mm -hmm. really interesting. That's a big
1: cultural difference. Huge. Well, good for you that everybody... (laughs) doing that there
0: (laughs) I mean I don't know if it medically makes a difference I don't know what the research will be in you know a couple of years or whatever but it just feels so much safer
1: yeah it's a good precaution to take given that we don't know Right. I mean, there is a lot we do know, but I've traveled a lot throughout Asian countries way before this happened. And I remember people wearing masks before the pandemic and wondering what was up with that and then finding out that it was because they were sick. They had a cold and they want to protect everyone else. Mm-hmm. And I just find that so refreshing when I found out that that was the reason I was like, wow, that is a very specific cultural thing to be doing something like that to protect others.
0: I appreciate that so much, too, because we live in Ithaca and there's so many students from East Asia and Ithaca. And Mm -hmm. when I would see them wearing a mask, you know, at first I was like, what's going on? Initially, you think there's something wrong, right? Mm -hmm. But then when you realize, right, they're doing this to protect us. Mm -hmm. Such a different perspective.
1: It really is. I like
0: it. We'll get it more. America will get it more. Or we won't. Whatever.
1: We'll see. (laughs) Right. Danceable Song.
0: So you seated your danceable song there. You talked a little bit about what your danceable song is. You want to talk to a little bit more about Cool in the Gang or at least about sure. get well, Sure. <laughs> well, it was just my danceable
1: song of the day today. And it was surprising cuz like I said, I don't usually like Cool in the Gang, but when that song came on today, I was like this is perfect. So I think I even started dancing around to it and I was like let me do a little Insta story too. See if I can like get oh. other people in on this as well. I
0: got to watch that
1: I love that song.
0: <laughs> you have performed with a slew of great electronic music artists, including Peaches, who I hadn't discovered before I saw that you were dancing with her. She's super interesting. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ujami and the Grammy-nominated band Thievery Corporation, which I've loved for many years. How did you get connected to these artists, and what was it like to perform with them?
1: Peaches. Oh my God, she's so awesome. She's so brainy and cool. She is actually the sister of one of my really good friends. And I've been to several of her concerts and she came to DC. She invited me to come and perform with her. So that was so cool. Like being backstage with her. She always has like some backup dancers and she has like crazy costuming that she does during the show. She's pretty out there. So creative. So that's how I know Peach is.
0: The show that you did with her and you were dancing on the side stage and she came and grabbed your hand and brought you closer to her DJ setup, like in front she of her did. DJ set. I just thought that was so cool. I, you, you know, know I she's forgot like, that she did that. Yes. She, like, you're not standing
1: off on the side. She was like, no. um, I was trying not to block her. She wanted so, people
0: yeah. to see you right there. I just thought that was such a cool move as an artist.
1: Yeah. She's the bomb. Mm-hmm. And then Ujami, the dance troupe that I was a part of at the time, Rock Sahara, here in Washington, D.C., we were invited to open for them and then also dance with them. So that was because I was affiliated with Sahara Dance. They found Rachel Brookmeyer, the director of that dance troupe. So that was really cool. And actually, after that show, some of the women in my troupe got on the tour bus with them afterwards and went on tour with them impromptu. (laughs) Right on. It was super cool. Okay, Thievery Corporation, those are my friends. Those are my peeps. So I've known them for a long time. My ex, we're still really tight. He is the co-producer of Thievery Corporation. Oh, nice. So yeah, I would like go with them on tour and stuff. So the time that I performed with them, we were in Ibiza, Spain. Sweet. Yeah, that was so cool. They're a great band. They're actually my favorite band to see live. Really nice. good people. They've been making music mm-hmm. for
0: a while. Yeah.
1: And there's so many artists that perform with them. They have a lot of guest artists. They just keep changing it up. They keep it fresh.
0: So they're a duo, right? They're an electronic music duo. And then they have a sitar player and a percussionist. So they're live shows, much like Beats Antique, right? They fuse with live musicians and electronic. Yeah, so Eric and Rob are the
1: two front men. And then they have a band. They have two percussionists and probably like seven singers, a guitar player, bass player. They're all really amazing. And they're just good people, too. They're a lot of fun.
0: Nice. There was a band called The Turbans that came to a festival where we are. And I always research the bands that are coming to this grassroots music festival. And I saw that they play total belly dance music. So I was Facebook messaging them like, you guys need a local dancer. You need a dancer Mm. in your show. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I got to dance with them. If we want to see more dancers in these shows that come to our towns, we got to reach out to the artists and see if they're up for it. That, not everybody's going to be like Ujami it. and actually reach out to belly dancers when they're there. Like Ujami's Turkish, right? Yeah. The interview with Carmine too, he was saying, we need to create our shows. The days of house band with dancers are over. Mm-hmm. You know, he said, Things we got to create it. Yeah. I love Pilates. I'm no professional pilate but I've been doing the same Pilates routine for like 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what you like. I do. I think I could use some new stuff in there. But you're playing Shimmy Combo that I saw a video preview of. I think you do a whole lesson in tour Online. On that, isn't that
1: right? Yeah, one of the students was like, Well, why don't you try to do a plank and shimmy? And I was like, Can it be done? And they were like, Maybe. And I just did it right there. They videotaped it. I was like, Am I doing it? Is it happening? Is it working? They're like, Yeah. (laughs) So it was somebody in Atlanta who kind of like dared (laughs) me to do it. Awesome. And then I made like a little combo.
0: It's so cool. So my shimmy, when I do it, I need to watch the video and take the lesson and actually get my shimmy more consistent because I'm just like vibrating, you know, when I'm doing it. Damn sixty dance move. You have some really great dance moves that you created and that you teach. What is one of your favorite belly dance moves that you can teach us to do right now? I really like this combo
1: called the monster. And I first saw Mansa Pavli do this move. She is a beautiful dancer out of Slovenia. I met her in Costa Rica because she was Rachel Bryce's assistant she was being like the teaching assistant in Costa Rica. So that's where I met Monza. But there was a video of her doing this move that confounded me. And I was like, I want to learn how to do it. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to teach my students to do it. We're going to learn it together. And my students named it the monster. I don't know if Mansa has a name for it or what. She probably would be like, it's just that thing. If I were to describe it, if you're standing in your basic stance, whatever that is for you, you would do a right hip accent on the up and then you would lift your chest, and then you would do a left hip accent on the up, and then you would drop your chest. So it'd be right hip up, chest lift, left hip up, chest drop, right, lift, left, drop, right, lift, then you double time, right, lift, left, drop, right, lift, left, drop, right, lift, left, drop, right, lift, left, drop. And that's the monster. And then it's challenging at first, but then you get it, and then you can add other stuff. Like you can change the direction that you're facing while you're doing it. It's really good for your brain. It pisses people off in the beginning <laughs> because they're like, why can't I do it? I'm like, look, I couldn't do it in the beginning either. But for us, it's a lot of fun.
0: And you have a great video that breaks it down that I'm going to link to in the show notes here too. So yeah. that makes it really doable, and especially when you do it fast. It's like so cool.
1: <laughs> oh, good. Yeah, I loved it. Like when I first saw Monsa in that video, she was moving from one side to the other while doing it, and she was real percussive with her accents. I just fell in love with that. I've been doing it ever since.
0: The monster,
1: the monster. I like the
0: name too. Oh, me. good. Yeah, <laughs> shimmy
1: pop. They're my dance ensemble. They named it the monster.
0: Shimmy pop. Nice. How long yeah. have you had your ensemble? Probably like ten years. They're awesome. You must be doing something right. You have your ensemble together for 10 years. I
1: hope so. Well, I mean, they're my student ensemble, so they change. Like people mm-hmm. leave to have babies or people move and then I get new people. So it changes. But there's a lot of core people who are there, have been there from the very beginning.
0: Nice. You choreographed for Zoe Jakes's House of Tarot.
1: I did. What was that like? It was so fun. So I did it twice. The producers were Zoe Jakes. It's her show. But she was co-producing with Lisa Zahia, who is out of Asheville. Mm -hmm. So they invited me in. The first time, we just did it in Asheville. And the second time, we took it on the road And we did like Asheville and Tennessee, and we drove to New Orleans. It was so much fun both times. Really amazing dancers. That's when I first met Michelle Sorensen, was the first time I did House of Tarot. Do you know Pixie Four Tears? I haven't met her yet. I want to interview
0: her. (laughs) She seems so
1: awesome. She's so cool. (laughs) Well, her and Zoe are best friends. So Pixie was there both times and Calamity Sam. So as much as it was great dancing together, we were dying laughing a lot. I love it when you get to dance with people, but you're also having a lot of fun. And in that second tour, also like Maddie Waters was there and she is so funny. She's a really beautiful dancer too. But yeah, there was a bunch of dancers, too many for me to even try to name all of us. But Zoe's great to work with. She's talented and creative, but she's like a really good businesswoman too. She knows how to get to work. And she has been really supportive of me in my career. Like, she always gives me a lot of good feedback. Well, the first time she ever saw me dance was here in D.C. And she scared me because she got an inch away from my face and was like, you're a fucking amazing dancer. You're a really good dancer. I was like, oh... (laughs) Yeah, but that's how she is. She's kind of intense. (laughs) But yeah, she's always been really supportive and she gives me good constructive feedback with my solos and with the pieces of hers that I was in. I like how she does corrections. It's been great the times that I've gotten to work with her. I've taken a lot of workshops with her too. Those are hard. in a good way
0: one of her students Rachel Fisher I interviewed recently and she was saying that Zoe's drills are like the drills you do for life I want to try some of Zoe's stuff too I haven't gotten into that yet either it's hard but I like
1: that I like that kind Mm -hmm. of
0: challenge
1: I'm like you want us to layer it how (laughs) can you start on the left I can't (laughs) Yeah, it's good.
0: And I love it when we talk about dancers as businesswomen too. I love hearing when people are powerful in that realm.
1: Oh yeah, she's no joke because a lot of people don't know that's her band. Like she's writing the music. I Um, did not know that. Mm Mm-hmm. She's making the music. And
0: you know what? Don't
1: feel bad because I didn't know in the beginning either. And then I felt bad for just assuming that she wasn't. So I didn't know that she's making the music, her and her co-producers. And I remember this one time in this theater when we were setting up. And she knows what she's doing as far as sound engineering and everything. And somebody who worked in the theater tried to mansplain something to her. And (laughs) I... had to muffle my laughter until the end because she read him right there. She was like, no, it doesn't. The monitors go right here. And then the way that she said it made him understand that she knew what she was talking about. So I loved witnessing that. People just don't know. That's not just a pretty face. She's making the music. She's smart. She's engineering stuff. She's doing her business plans. And now she's a mama. She's doing everything.
0: Yep. (laughs) Oh, that's so cool. We make assumptions about others, right? I mean, I know she's a drummer, but I assumed that she wasn't Mm -hmm. a musician in terms of melody. But
1: yeah, and she makes her own beats. She was like, we need more women DJs, more women electronic musicians. She's just like very encouraging.
0: She's like, come on, y'all. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. So good. So good. Tell us something you wish every belly dancer already knew about some urban dance styles.
1: Sure. Okay. So one is the difference between popping and locking. And those are urban dance styles that have their roots in like the seventies. A lot of people put them together pop locking, popping and locking, but they're different styles. So popping is what we do a lot in fusion belly dance. Like if you remember Rachel Bryce at the beginning when she was in belly dance superstars, how she would be doing her really snaky undulations and then she would stop and stop and click like all those clicking movements, that's popping. But then locking is a different dance style that has really big explosive movements. Like think about pointing like extending your arm all the way up to the diagonal the knoll or I don't know if people who are listening can remember an actor named Rerun. Do you remember Rerun from the Mm -hmm. 80s? He was in a show called What's Happening. And he's somebody who's probably the most recognizable to a mainstream audience, but he was a locker. So locker is like their dancing is more energetic and explosive. There's like jumping and pointing and it's hard for me to explain it with words. Like I'm actually doing it and trying to explain it to you. (laughs) I'm like pointing over here. (laughs) But yeah, a quick YouTube search will help anyone distinguish the difference, but they're both really fun styles. They're just different.
0: Ah, I never realized pop and lock was different. I never thought to break it down.
1: Yeah. Thank
0: you. Yeah.
1: No problem. Yeah. I usually explain that when I'm teaching either popping or lock because I put each of them in my dances at some point or another, not all the time, but I like both.
0: I've just recently heard the tiniest bit about whacking, and it's just like it's a whole world. Yeah, voguing and whacking. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. They come out of the LGBTQ culture. Like and dance-offs,
0: that's... right? Yeah, oh, like... like cabarets. <laughs> mm-hmm. First time I ever remember seeing it was with Madonna's video of Vogue. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was actually more than 10 years after this whole underground movement had really flourished. Yeah, she definitely tapped into that. And I think
1: that a lot of the dancers that she had in that video were LGBTQ, if I remember correctly. Like, I think she was learning a lot from her dancers.
0: And she was wearing a power suit. I'm just putting it together, too. Like, she was almost doing her little bit of cross-dressing action, too. Yeah, Mm.
1: i haven't seen that video in a long time
0: our family danced to it we watched it with our three-year-old son and he was trying to do it he was doing it <laughs> oh That's yeah pretty cute. we actually yeah we had the video on while we were filming ourselves <laughs> It was really funny, <laughs> but it brought me back to that it's really yeah. cool that you bring it into belly dance and other people are bringing it to the fusion community i should say yeah.
1: yeah oh somebody who i think does really well with it carolina lux yep yeah, she's good. She does a lot of tutting that's fun to watch.
0: I'm learning all the time. There's so many dance styles to appreciate.
1: We all are. That's the cool thing. We're not going to run out of stuff to learn and stuff to no. discover. That keeps us from feeling bad from not knowing stuff right away. Like We're not ever going to get done. <laughs> so Right. There is no so, done. So right.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> you ain't going to finish. <laughs> <You know? laughs>
0: Lighten my body food.
1: What okay. is one vegan whole food that you love? Every morning I have coconut water with aloe in it. And I love it. I start my day with it. Well, before I drink that, I drink 16 ounces of water. That's the first thing I drink in the morning with lemon. Before I saw the Trader Joe's one, I was buying coconut water separate from aloe, Vera juice. But yeah, it's all in one. And then I put like a greens powder in that my little shaker okay I put more than the greens powder in there (laughs) it's my aloe and coconut water with a greens powder some spirulina and some mushroom powder that's my jam
0: in the morning I'm so obsessed with turkey tail mushrooms (laughs) Yeah, it has that in there. I love those. Oh, that sounds good. And I hear you with the big glass of water. My husband and I started doing that a few months ago, just drinking the biggest glass of water we possibly can with either lemon oil in it or squirted lemon juice, like the stuff you can get in the little fake lemon or fresh lemon juice, whatever. Yeah. And the first half of my day is hydrated, even if I forget to drink Me water. Yeah.
1: Just get it mostly Mm -hmm. done in the morning. And it's so good. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll be drinking water and I'll be like, this is delicious. (laughs) Like I just scream out,
0: what did we do to deserve this? (laughs) Seriously, you're making me thirsty. (laughs) It's so so good. good. I went on a camping trip when I was 17 with people that I'd never even been around vegetarians before. And one of the women said, you know, if you ever feel sad, just drink some water. And I was like, she's crazy. And then I was like, no, she's not.
1: (laughs) I never thought of that. No, it makes sense. Sometimes people are really just dehydrated. I mean, sometimes there really is something wrong. I'm not trying to bypass, but sometimes you're just feeling a little off. Cause you know, it happens when people realize that they were just hungry and that's why they were acting crazy. Same mm-hmm. thing with being thirsty, but a lot of times we don't think about that. Right. So I say just make sure that it's not that and just stay hydrated.
0: Yeah. Well, and what you're saying too, where you drink it and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. You know, <laughs> like, it's a gratitude opportunity too when you have clean water to drink. Yes. Like, that's amazing. That's what I'm talking about because everybody doesn't have that. Nope. Mm-hmm. And then we could put aloe because I don't know if they think aloe does something for your skin. I'm not sure if there's other beliefs with drinking aloe. Have you heard anything? You know, a
1: long time ago, I knew all about why it was really good to drink aloe, and that's why I started. And now I don't even remember. <laughs> I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, you know how nope. you do all this research and find out? You don't need okay, it anymore. This is really good <laughs> for me. Mm -hmm. And then you just get down that path. I know aloe is hydrating and healing in a lot of different ways. I think it's soothing for your digestive system. And I think it's good for like elimination. mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Which again is a reason why some people in America are cranky, fiberless diet.
1: (laughs) Uh, Or constipated. So yeah, I like it. Once I get to the point where I'm like, whatever I'm doing, like I'm feeling good. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to not mess with it too much. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I wish I could be like, Aloe does this, this, and that. Quick Google search <laughs> will let you know. It's has yeah. working
0: for me. <laughs> have you ever met Maria Hammer? Yes, She's I have. Yes, yeah, from Pittsburgh, right? Her food was a fresh, young coconut. Like, figuring out how to chop it open. She yeah. chops it but open it. herself. Yes, yeah, she does. What? I of know. course she does. Of course she does.
1: That's who she is. <laughs> you know what I mean? She probably <laughs> yells while she does it. She probably ah! like screams.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. I camp so right next to her at a medieval festival in the summers. Mm-hmm. My camp's right next to her camp. She's mm-hmm. fun. Oh yeah. And her sisters, oh my God. So yeah, coconut water with aloe. Make you shine, costume tip. What is one costume tip that you'd like to share?
1: I learned when I was on tour with Belly Dance Superstars, Jelena did us using safety pins to keep our costumes on. She was like, you need to make sure that you have adequate snaps and hooks going on. We used to use diaper pins. Like before I went on tour with Belly Dance Superstars, I had hooks and snaps, but then there was also diaper pins just to reinforce and make sure. Or if you were like a little smaller than you were a week ago, then you needed something to make it tighter. But like on that tour, I just realized the value of just ensuring that your costuming is properly fitting because we've all seen somebody's costume come off at some point or, you know, a bra unsnap or something like that. And knock on wood, that has never gone on over here because, yeah, I've always just made sure to have plenty of snaps and plenty of hooks on. I remember I was trying on... One of Jelena's costumes that she was selling, this was many years after Belly Dance Superstar. We were at like a festival and I was trying on a skirt and Homegirl had like five huge snaps just to close up a skirt. And I said, what is going on? And she was like, that's right. (laughs) She was just a matter of fact. Jelena ain't gonna have her costume coming off. And I was like, well, me neither then. That was a lesson I took from her. Just make sure that your stuff is properly fitting. And again, if you are not sure, like you've got a safety pin, it's possible that you'll be on stage kind of worried about it. And then you're thinking about that when you shouldn't be. So I think that was good advice from Jelena.
0: Well, that's the thing too about a costume. It might take an hour to make sure that it actually fits you right. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? If it's already in the realm of fitting you right, it probably won't take more than that to make sure it really fits.
1: Yeah. You can even get help.
0: Yeah, yeah. You
1: can get somebody to help.
0: That's what wine is for, right? I and mean, <laughs> you can have your friends over, they can sew well, you know, and I've heard about Jelena sewing people's costumes that are in her show. Just make sure everybody's comfortable so you can focus on being the music, you can focus on the dance, you can focus on entertaining.
1: Yeah, it definitely helps. But when I tried on that skirt that had all those snaps, I was like, is this a magician's thing where you got to be snapped in and try to escape from a tank of water? <laughs> I
0: was like, why? why That's, so funny. Many? That's how I feel about safety pins. When I get into my uh, yeah, tent after it, like, and I'm like, how am I supposed to get this shit off so I can pass out?
1: You know? I know. <laughs> or God forbid that thing comes open and starts stabbing you while you're in the middle of a drum solo or something. Oh, safety pins
0: burlesque dancers when I just think about all those different layers that some people wear and how they all have to work oh yeah that has to look like fun when it comes off I mean that's magic (laughs) yeah
1: that's true Mm -hmm. I never really appreciated that until this moment because when I'm taking off my belly dance costume I don't think there's anything smooth about it nope
0: (laughs) yeah like my friend that tested that does uh, belly ask she can mm-hmm. do a beautiful spin up on her toes while unhooking her bra. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. yeah, I never appreciated that.
0: Oh, I know you like festivals. <laughs> oh, I do.
1: Elevation Festival in Golden, Colorado.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I love working with Elizabeth. She's the organizer. She brings such amazing talent to that festival. And also that town is so cute. It's just like a really quaint place to be. And it's well organized. And I feel like she attracts such kind people. The students who come to those festivals are really kind and really enthusiastic. And there are great shows. There's a gala show, but then there's several other shows as well. And then she organizes some parties so that we can all get together and just have a relaxed atmosphere and be social. So I really love Elevation. Another one that I really had a great time at, I think it was like two years ago, Tribe Original, which is Madame Onsa.
0: She oh, runs that Onza! festival. Yeah, she you know Onsa! Yeah, she goes to the festival with Maria, too. The Pensic Medieval Festival. Penzik, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Her festival was fun because it was like sleepaway camp in the woods. Think of like summer camp cabins. We were all like in bunk beds together. So, you know, we were laughing One of the aspects of the weekend was that one of the women was a, what would you call it? A wine aficionado? What are those called? Sommelier? Sommelier?
0: Something like that.
1: Yeah. So we had wine tastings every night (laughs) and then we just like acted up. It was just ridiculous. But I mean, it was like really great dancing, really great workshops really great shows, but also just shenanigans. You know, like we took over the kitchen one night and grabbed pots and pans and made our own music. There was like 20 of us. So I love festivals. That, like, it's great dancing. It's great instruction, but it's also fun. Like you're just laughing with your friends. I also love Essence of Belly Dance in Atlanta. That is put on by Farida and Jambala. Jambala's in Portland. I only went once, but it was just so well done and had such a great cast, great lineup of teachers. So those are some that I miss on the belly dance circuit for sure. I also had been going to Wanderlust and teaching at Wanderlust for like the last year before the pandemic happened. And I love that wellness festival. I saw Russell Brand there. I saw him speak, Marianne Williamson. And then, yeah, there's just like a bunch of wellness classes and workshops. There's like talks, panel discussions, yoga classes, aerial yoga So, yeah, I do love a festival.
0: So you've been to Burning Man eight times. How has Burning Man changed you as a performer and as an artist? So I
1: used to go out dancing a lot here in D.C. I was a raver. And so I would go to like these little mini raves or even big raves whenever there were. So I was really obsessed with going out dancing to electronic music. Whenever I would go to Burning Man, I would kind of let it all out. That is when I would like bust out and do all my freestyle dancing the way that I am supposed to, because it just feels right for me. And so I'm out there, I'm feeling like I'm dancing authentically like myself I'm hearing new music and all of that is pretty much like inspiring me and it's going to influence whatever I get into more of whenever I go back home. That energy of feeling free and unbound and just dancing for no one but the sand, (laughs) the dust. Because a lot of times I'm just dancing. There's nothing around except an art car that has a sound system on it. And I think that that just feeds the source of inspiration for me. So then when I come back, I'm like, yo, dancing felt really good. What was that song? Or maybe I heard a song and never thought of dancing to it until I heard it at Burning Man. So I think it definitely inspires something and informs something when I come back and I get back to
0: actually belly dancing. Just being able to move freely in the large space, like you honestly feel like you have so much space. Right, in most of the Burning Man contacts and the sound systems and a lot of things are really good.
1: Yeah, they have some monster state of the art sound systems out there, but it's anything from the golf cart that just has a little speaker on it to these huge sound systems like robot heart that somebody engineered. So it's a little of everything. Personally, when I'm at Burning Man, I like the smaller parties. Mm -hmm. Like I don't really go so much for the parties where there's hundreds of people. I like stumbling upon the weird shit that nobody else is at. Like somebody made a spaceship art car and there's this guy from Kentucky spinning deep house and there's only two people on the dance floor. That's my party. Mm-hmm. That's where I'm trying to be. And it's like nine o'clock in the morning and most mm-hmm. people are sleeping. And I just got up to go to the porta party, potty but on the way back I found a spaceship and a trampoline. <laughs> And, whoa, well, I guess this is what I'm doing now. (laughs) And that's how it is. It's so good. It's not like anything else in the world. It's the best place I've ever
0: been in my whole life. Yeah. You come back changed. Thank you for bringing me back to some Burning Man magic there. I heard you talking about meditating on Lisa Zahia's podcast, and I got all excited yet again because you also meditate, which I think is a key to feeling good and looking good. Do you have a feel-good, look-good habit that you want to share? Feel good, look-good habit.
1: Yes, I actually have so many. And I think that after I finished that podcast with Lisa, I realized she asked me if I had any. And I was like, "Er," in the moment, I couldn't think of any. And then afterwards, of course, I was like, yo, I do this and that. And I had made a list of everything I do in the pursuit of taking care of myself. So there's a lot. I think primarily what's most important to me in in terms of taking care of myself is I'm well-rested. I am able now to get enough sleep, and that is so valuable, and I really want that for everybody. I'm hydrated. I'm well hydrated, and I try to live in a state of gratitude. I am looking for things to be grateful for all the time because that's what I want for myself. So I think those are my biggest wellness practices, but there's so many. (laughs) I do meditate before I get out of bed. And I'm grateful that I have the time to do that. I do guided meditations sometimes. And sometimes I'll just listen to like binaural beats and just observe my mind. And I've been meditating probably since the beginning of 2018. And I love it. I love meditating. (laughs) It's so good. Some other things I do, you know, people talk about having vision boards I created a vision board on Pinterest so that I can look at it on my phone. And I think in the beginning of 2018, I made a Pinterest board called Ebony's First Vision Board. And I just started putting pictures of the kind of things that I want to show up in my life, the kind of lifestyle I want, like wellness, I'm well rested, I love my career, wellness festivals, maybe belly dance festivals, that kind of stuff. And there's so much stuff on there now because I'll add stuff. You can like add a little bit every day, but I look at it every morning. And then if I want a little pick me up in the afternoon or in the evening, I look at it again. It's accessible. It's on your phone. You can check out your vision board and like keep your eye on the prize whenever you want to. Yeah, I do a lot of stuff like that. I have a theme every day, like a pick a different theme to focus on. Today, my theme is I am excited.
0: (laughs) Oh.
1: Sometimes you have to find things that you're excited about. It might take some soul searching, some digging, but there's always something to be excited about. It could be clean water. Mm -hmm. If I get to eat some delicious ripe fruit in the morning, I am hella excited about that. And I do get to do that every day, but I'm never going to stop being surprised and excited that I get to do that. It just feels like a blessing. Eating good food, I'm just excited about that. Yeah, there's a lot of things that I do throughout the day to keep myself in a mindset of wellness. Those are just some of them.
0: (laughs) Awesome. I struggle with the rested part. I used to be like an eight to nine hours of sleep kind of gal, but now I, yeah,
1: yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're raising children yeah. or like certain people's jobs are demanding. But I remember this one time on Facebook a couple years ago that I posted, what would you do if you had an extra 3 hours in a day? I think it was something like that. And like the overwhelming majority of my friends put that they would sleep. And that's when I realized how tired everybody is. This is sad. Everybody's so sleepy. This is not good for longevity. It's not even good for your emotional or mental wellness to not be rested enough. I wish for everybody more rest somehow.
0: Yeah. Yeah. If I wake up at 2 a.m., I'm like, Five hours for me, (laughs) you know? I just get so excited that I can't go back to sleep. (laughs)
1: Oh, man. If I could be a superhero, I would be the nap fairy. And I would be like, we're taking a nap now. And the person would be like, no, no. And then I would take a handkerchief, something on it, and cover their nose and mouth until they pass out. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, I told you we be taking a nap now. And I would have blankets and a pillow. And I would look crazy. I would have a cape and a tiara. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. But then
1: I would have symbols to wake you up. <laughs> it would be like a okay, <laughs>
0: waking Get back to work. We went to date with Destiny, the Tony Robbins event. And they have a nap room. So you go in that nap room and you find a pillow and you lay down. And somebody, a volunteer, came and put a blanket on me. <gasps> yes oh that was the nap fairy I think that was the nap fairy there are others there are more of you out there
1: oh. <laughs> we need more of you Ebony. Ooh,
0: yes. I want to be that mm. <laughs> I love that when you said that I was like I've had that experience of being blessed and visited by the nap fairy <laughs>
1: yeah we need it
0: mm-hmm. you're inspiring me to try to get more
1: <laughs> yeah even if it's just like a 20 minute nap that always
0: helps mm-hmm. when you were featured on wanderlust.com You said, one thing I've learned along the way is that putting my focus on showing up as my authentic self as an artist blows away feelings of unworthiness and fear. I realize that I simply cannot fail at being me. Can you tell us a story from your dance life where you moved past fear by choosing to be your authentic self?
1: Yes. I was a digital marketer for 14 years and I got laid off. So I took it as a sign that it was time for me to figure out what I really wanted to do. I took some time and traveled a lot. I was able to say yes to all the festivals that I was invited to. Maybe somewhere in the middle of 2019, I think I was like, do I have to go back to working in an office And I was always having these conversations with myself. Do you want to? And I'd be like, no, I don't. And then I would be like, well, I believe you can figure this out. I believe in you. I was like, really? Yes. I know that sounds crazy, but I had to have these conversations where it was like, okay, well now do I have to go back or can I still keep trying? Yes. I believe that you can figure this out. You figured out harder things before. And then 2020 came around and, you know, there was fear around is this crazy for me to not have a full-time job right now? Like, is it crazy for me to not be somebody who works in an office when I have been for so long? But I kept being like, I think you can figure this out. And then the pandemic rolled around and my international gigs that I had on the schedule were not going to happen. And the dance studio that I teach at locally here in DC had to close its doors. And I was like, I always wanted to try online teaching. Let me try it out. I did and it went really well and i was like well i think that i can get by like it's not a ton of money but i think that i can survive teaching belly dance which i never thought that i could i didn't even entertain that i could be a full-time belly dancer because i just didn't think that i could survive that way financially but somehow because you know everything shut down and everyone's learning online I'm able to teach people who are not just in the same city as me, which is so cool. Like I'm logged into Zoom and I got friends from Mexico and somebody is here from Italy. And then there's my people in DC and people in California and we're all connected now. And it's just beautiful. That is what my soul was telling me about. Just wait, you can figure this out. Because something was like, you'll be fine. Don't go back and get yourself an office job. You don't want to. That took a lot of bravery on my part. It would have been different if I had kids or a mortgage. Then I think that maybe I would have been like, look, this is what you got to do. But I seem to be proving to myself time and time again that I can trust myself. Yeah, that was a good lesson.
0: Beautiful. I do want to say something about when we transition out of the job that we think we need into the job that we know we really want for our lives. Mm -hmm. I feel like taking the time to do that, you know, over the course of some time is really helpful. I guess some people want to just quit their day job and just start right into the next thing or their dream thing. But there's so much stress when you do it that way in most cases.
1: Yeah, I think I bypassed most of that stress because I had a nice, smooth transition.
0: It sounds like the way you live your life, too, is you're intentional. You don't feel like life happens to you, right? It's like you create it. It happens for you.
1: Yeah, I think so. I mean, that's stuff that I'm still working out as well, because sometimes I'm like, well, how did this happen? Does this have to do with me? Did I put something out there. So much is changing right now. There's so many transitions. Nothing stays the same. And so I think we're all just learning to be graceful and gentle with those transitions in our lives. Forgive ourselves. <laughs> hmm
0: Ebony, it has been such a joy to talk to you and to listen to the way that you've created your life and your dance energy and your everyday energy in the world. And thank you so much for all that you've given your students and your audiences and us just now in this podcast. And we look forward to all the things that you do in the future as well. Thank
1: you so much, Alicia, for having me on your show. Again, I'm so excited to listen to some of the other podcast episodes that you have going on because it looks fabulous,
0: and I feel like I'm in really, really good company. So thanks a lot. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Please subscribe and let your friends know what you got out of this show. Dance with me on YouTube, listen to the music I've selected for you on Spotify, and try some free vegan recipes on AliciaFree.com. This is Alicia Free. Hoping this show helped you feel a little lighter.